Welcome to the Dr. Judd Podcast. This is Dr. Judd. Feeling news fatigue or even losing hope in knowing who to trust? In the next few minutes, I'll show you how having too many options plus bursts of excitement tricks your brain into spreading false information and leaves you burnt out. And of course, I'll give you one simple thing you can do about it. I'm Dr. Judd Brewer, addiction psychiatrist and neuroscientist specializing in anxiety and habit change. Let's dive right in. Margaret Sullivan, a columnist for the Washington Post, wrote that the media must stop live broadcasting the president's daily briefings. She argued that he's spreading misinformation and using these briefings as a substitute for his now defunct campaign rallies. NPR member station KUOW in Seattle did just that and stopped broadcasting the live briefings. One listener equated the briefings to President Franklin D. Roosevelt's fireside chats during World War II and called the move censorship. While this does feel like a war, NPR rightly pointed out that back in the 1940s, newspapers and radio were the only sources of news. Today, there are so many ways to spread information that one source choosing not to broadcast a story doesn't block the information from getting out. On top of this, any sensational story can go viral, mushrooming out of control within hours. If we aren't careful, our energy can get misdirected toward running around screaming that the sky's falling instead of keeping calm and carrying on, like the Londoners did in World War II when they were being bombed by the Nazis. How can we figure out what information to trust and pass on so that we can help each other and what stories to keep our distance from so we don't get infected by fear and accidentally spread panic? And what can we learn about our brains that helps us keep hope alive and possibly even come out of this in a different place together as humans? Here's the science. Just like a virus, misinformation spreads by human contact. Viruses spread through physical contact, while information spreads through a different type of contact, one that's immune from social distancing. Information spreads when we read, hear, or see something. Thanks to the internet and social media, we can get information from anywhere in the world almost instantly. The term going viral emerged with the birth of the internet in platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and WhatsApp. Yet not all tweets or YouTube videos go viral. When it comes to the spread of information, why is misinformation so much more contagious than accurate information? First, the internet is a petri dish for the growth and spread of fake news. Without an energy source, an organism can't survive. Viruses need hosts so they can replicate and spread. This is also true for information. The internet is the petri dish and we humans are the growth medium. We feed the sources by reposting or retweeting something we've seen or read. Yet what gets us to feed or spread one story over another? This is where a second element comes in, being able to tell the difference between important and dangerous information. Our survival brains are set up to trigger dopamine firing when we learn something new. For our ancient ancestors, dopamine firing literally helped them remember where food was so they could go back and find it again. It also helped them remember where danger was so they could avoid it. Today, we all know where our refrigerators are, but when we go on the internet, our brains have trouble differentiating what is real danger and what isn't. When you go on social media, what stories get your attention? The stay calm or carry on stories are the, oh my God, you won't believe what just happened ones. To your brain, it's a no brainer. Why? Because our brains are set up to fire dopamine when something really big or something really unexpected happens. And the bigger or more unexpected the event, positive or negative, the bigger the dopamine bang in your brain. 
That's why you can remember your wedding or where you were on 9-11, but might forget a friend's birthday. You can see how this applies to the spread of information. The bigger the headlines, the more you pay attention because your brain thinks, hey, this must be important, you might be in danger, and fires a big dopamine burst. Back on the savannah, we were the ones gathering that information, so excitement equaled accurate information. We either saw it for ourselves and conveyed that information to our tribe, or someone that we trusted saw it with their own eyes and conveyed it to us. Today, when we read some headline, our primitive brains assume that the source is credible, and our modern brains have to come in and explain to our ancient brains what fake news is. Yes, someone can be telling you something that helps their own survival, whether politically or financially, and not yours. Ancient brain, welcome to the modern world. Yes, it sucks when we're not all in this together to help each other survive. Yet there is one more piece here. Let's go back to our survival brains for a moment. When there's an abundance of food, our brains get overwhelmed. If we have to remember all of the food sources, we're more likely to get confused and get lost along the way. Where was that food? Was I supposed to turn left or right at that tree? Just like food in modern day, when there's an overabundance of news sources and we're being bombarded by information on social media, our brains just shut down. At times like these, we can even feel exhausted and hopeless. So how can we leverage this information to keep hope for the future and faith in each other? I asked my wife, who's a college professor and Bible scholar about this. The Bible is full of fear and hope, but ultimately it's about faith. My wife said, I don't think you can have hope unless you trust in something. She continued, hope is like faith. It's a concept for things that haven't yet happened. She's touching on something really important here. Roosevelt was a credible and singular news source during World War II. We could trust him because he really cared about the people and the fate of the nation. When everyone is competing for our attention, people resort to bigger claims and better stories to try to get our brains to fire dopamine so that we turn toward them for guidance. When the stories are big enough, our thinking brains go offline and our fear responses kick in. That's when we're most likely to pass misinformation along to our tribe. We quickly repost the information without thinking it through. Social contagion adds energy to the system and the fear and panic go viral. The more this happens, the more our brains get overwhelmed. And eventually we throw up our hands in frustration or defeat, say forget it, and lose hope. Here's one simple tip to help you keep grounded when your heart starts racing. I learned this great acronym to practice when I'm excited or afraid. W-A-I-T, wait. Why am I talking? It helps you pause before proceeding. You can apply this to texting, why am I texting? Or social media, why am I tweeting? Write it on a sticky note and put it on your computer screen or fridge to help you remember to stop, take a deep breath, ask yourself if this is really credible, and then see if what you're about to write or repost is gonna help us all or distract us from the task at hand, getting through this together. I'll end on a personal note. My wife and I rewatched one of our favorite movies last night, The Shawshank Redemption. In the movie, there are two main characters, Andy Dufresne, the banker, and Ellis Redding, known simply as Red. They're both serving life sentences for murder. In one scene, Andy says to Red in relation to his jailers, there are places in the world that aren't made out of stone. There are places they can't get to, that they can't touch. What are you talking about, asks Red. Hope, Andy replies. Red pauses and then pontificates. Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. 
Years later, when Andy breaks out of prison, he hides a note for Red that Red will only find if he gets paroled. In the letter, Andy writes, remember Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. So today, in addition to social distancing, practice some good brain hygiene as well. Practice internet distancing when you come across something that shocks your brain into survival mode so that you don't spread fear and misinformation. Create space for your thinking brain to come back online by using the WAIT acronym. Check in with yourself to make sure you're only passing on credible and helpful information instead of feeding rumors. And this includes not reposting outrage. Saying, I can't believe X did Y still feeds the cycle of negative attention. Spreading news of hope helps that mental hygiene for us all. I'll post some links in the description below so you can share some of these with others. Onward, together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to receive future episodes, and please share this with friends or loved ones who might find the content helpful. To learn more about mindfulness and habit change, visit drjud.com. See you next time.